Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, July 16th. You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. I am your host, Cheats. I am joined, as always, by Gigi Broadway. Gigi Broadway, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm here. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Man, I feel like we have been doing extra work <laughs> recently. <laughs> And and I and I feel I realize I feel this way because I was like, man, did, did we just have a show and now we have a show today? Yeah. But do you know why I feel that way? Why? Because we just did have a show. We did. We just had our live Cheats Movement live super spectacular superstar show that took place last Sunday at the dark in the dark room at the Hoff. We can't thank people enough I'm for right. coming out. Showing up, showing out. We had an amazing, amazing time. It was so much fun. I loved it. It was so much fun. The energy was great. The people, I just thank If you were there in the building, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So we got to thank Jack Lauerbach. We got to thank Dr. Yawande Austin. We have to thank Michael Millions. Mm -hmm. We have to thank Black Dynamite. That's right. We have to thank Noah O. I mean, we had to thank... Everyone who just was a part of the event, Kimberly Nario. Oh, she was a hoot. Kimberly Nario was great. So we got to thank Kimberly Nario from the Almost Nothing podcast. Make sure you check out her podcast. Make sure you check out her nights at the Coalition Theater as well. We just have to thank everybody that was a part of it. Cam Jam was in the building. Oh, he, was he? He was all over. Cam <laughs> Jam was all over the place. I love him, man. Kim Jam took about 75 photos. And photobombed at least 20. Photobombed at least 20. But he took he was going around <laughs> taking photos of everyone. And then I saw a picture online where it looked like Cam Jam, <laughs> like literally, I, he took someone else's phone and asked them <laughs> to take a picture of him. <laughs> so there's a picture on Twitter of Cameron that he asked somebody else to take a picture of him. So I don't know what he was. He was having a ball. Oh, my gosh. I looked up one time. He had the mic going like. He was on stage. He was, <laughs> he was on stage. He was like, I want to be on stage, daddy. <laughs> so we had a an amazing time uh, last Sunday in the dark room at the Hoffheim. We've got to thank Peter and everybody at the dark room. Yes. I will tell you this. We had a, a pretty large crowd for a Sunday afternoon in a pouring down rainstorm. Right. Uh, and so. We thought about, we've always thought about this. We would love to make every live show like recorded for the people that can't be there. However, this is, I will say this, because this is, so we've done three live shows. We did two in 2018, and this was our first one in 2019. Of the three live shows, there is only audio of one. The very first live show we did. We had an amazing live show at the ICA that is lost forever. Lost and I'm just going to tell you, this you will not hear this podcast ever. <laughs> it was a live event. Hey, you had to be there. You man. had to be there. And so, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, don't miss the next one. Please don't. Uh, we don't know when it's going to be yet. We're hoping for the fall of 2019 to have an amazing uh, another live podcast. But, you know, you just got it's just got to be you there. You have to just, you just be have there. to be there. Uh, not only that, we released our very first Cheats Movement commercial. Oh my gosh. 
So we debuted the commercial at the live show, but if you're following any of our social medias, you should be able to see the commercial. It's called Taxes. Uh, it's a play on the Island Iverson practice riff, and it features a very, very special guest who plays a reporter. Gigi Broadway, what do you want to let the people know? Oh, man. Mayor Stoney. And- the- which I am getting like so much feedback that he should be an actor. He was really good. He did a really good job. And more importantly, he was an amazing sport because Yes, he was. <laughs> the premise of the the premise of the commercial is uh, you know, me being the fake mayor getting upset at a reporter and he's a reporter asking questions about <laughs> the future of the city. And so I thought he was a great, great sport. He did a great job. He did an amazing and job. And if you haven't, make sure you check out uh, the first ever Cheats Movement commercial. Which people, there like style, there was a Style Weekly article that questioned if it was the first ever Cheats Movement commercial. I think because it was so good. It like, was the first ever Cheats Movement you be able to podcast tell. commercial. The very first one. But we've never done a commercial before. Ever. So the Style Weekly article is like, if it's true that this is the Cheats Movement's <laughs> first commercial, oh, they've, done, they've done a really good job. Yeah, we'll so take sh- it. Shout out to Zane Robinson, our director, uh, for that. He did a great job yeah, life interpretation. Uh, we also have a project that is going on now that's really funny. We had a photo project that's taking place. And you guys haven't seen all of that, but we're working with PJ Sykes, and he's fantastic. So shout yes. him out. Um we just had a great time, man. I, mean, I can't, I can't say enough about our live show. Uh, I'm sorry if you <laughs> yeah. did not, if you weren't there, you just weren't there. You just weren't We're sorry there. about it. But please be at the next one. But please be at the next one. Um, we have a jam-packed show today, GG Broadway. We're very excited. We'll be talking to Jamil JC and Special K of the Twisted Culture Culture Arts Festival. So they are here in the building. We're very excited to talk to them. Yes. We're going to close the show on a, on a more somber note. We're going to talk to one of my uh, boxing experts. I don't know how many people follow boxing, but the world of boxing in Virginia in particular lost a legend in Sweet Pea Pernell Whitaker. Uh, he passed away tragically uh, in an accident in Virginia Beach on, on Sunday. I think most of us got the word yesterday. And we'll talk to him. We'll talk to fight fan Frank uh, about the legacy that was Pernell Whitaker. And that'll be our show today. We're, we're really, really excited about it. July, there's a lot of special recognitions in July. But one of the things that I know we really want to point out, because it's just so near and dear to us, is that yesterday, July 15, 2019, so that's Monday, July 15, 2019, was the 155th birthday of Maggie L. Walker. Look at there. So the governor issued a proclamation in honor of Maggie Walker. Obviously, the legend is already like the legend should be told in schools even more. Right. Her statue is right there near her home where she lived off of Broad Street. But for those who don't know, 1864 Magdalena Walker was born to former to a former slave in Churchill Mansion Cook in Richmond, Virginia. Maggie Walker grew up between Broad and Marshall Streets, close to where her statue uh, is now. She is extremely known as an entrepreneur, but she is also known as the founder of the St. Luke's Penny Saving Bank and served as their first president, earning the recognition as the first woman to charter a bank in the United States. And so not only was she the first woman to do it, obviously she was the first black woman, 
and obviously uh, a Richmond native. Uh, we could go on and on about the legacy of Maggie Walker and her entrepreneurial roots, but it's just to be said, that's just such a point of kind of civic pride that we should take as Richmonders uh, just to have her and her legacy right here in Richmond all the time. Yep. Such a pioneer, man. Such a pioneer. And it's, I mean, it makes us feel good, man. We're just coming off of all this stuff. We, you know, we've been talking for the last month or so about Arthur Ashe Boulevard. Uh, we obviously, the first statue, and as Mayor Stoney put it, his favorite statue in all of Richmond um, was just dedicated last year. It was uh, It's on Broad Street over there by Terrence and... Uh, the Maxes in that kind of corridor. You see it on the First Friday's Art Walk. Yep. She's got a beautiful, beautiful statue, which was, again, a pattern in Richmond, ladies and gentlemen, but years and years and years in the making just to get these legends recognized the right way. So we're, we're excited about that. We're excited that the governor issued a proclamation on her 155th birthday. She should It should be Maggie Walker Day every year, right? Uh, especially on July 15th. So... With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back right after this. You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, July 16th. You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. Gigi Broadway is here. I am here in the building. Man, it is time once again for a little bit of discussion, a little bit of hot topics, a little bit of a little game we call We See It mm-hmm. or We Don't See It. Are you ready, Gigi Broadway? Oh, yeah, always. I'm going to start with this because as we speak, a hip hop artist by the name of ASAP Rocky, you know ASAP, I know ASAP, we all know ASAP, ASAP Bob. Extremely popular, uh, you know, fashion. What do, what, what do we call How do we describe ASAP Rocky? That's a good question. Talented MC. Definitely dope MC. Yeah. But really put on the map. His crew came out of Harlem. And they were doing some things with fashion. That kind of crossover between the luxury fashion brands. The hip-hop artists. He branched into acting. He had a good role a couple years ago in the film Dope, which was a really funny film, 2015. So we say all of this because as we speak right now, ASAP Rocky sits in a Swedish jail. He was arrested uh, last week in connection with a kind of like a brawl in Sweden. And now the report is that he is in either solitary confinement and pretty difficult conditions. And that's not really why I bring all this up, Gigi Broadway. Do you know why I really bring this up? I have a clue. Well, and I, I mean, this is should be a serious discussion. My question is, uh, at the time of Ferguson, at kind of the height of Black Lives Matter, Aesop Rocky went on The Breakfast Club, which is obviously the most popular uh most popular show of its nature and he was quoted as saying i don't want to talk about ferguson and ish because i don't live over there i live in soho in beverly hills i can't relate and so now while he is 
kind of very dismissive, obviously, of the plight of, you know, kind of everyday people, black and brown people and police brutality. Now he's on the other end of the spectrum. And there's a ton of folks that are saying, I've never been to Sweden. I've never been in a brawl. I can't relate. Yeah, yeah. Look who G- can relate now. Gigi Broadway, I'm going to ask you, are, are we looking at this wrong? Can you relate? Do you see it? Do you not see it? What's your take on ASAP Rocky right now? Here's the thing. Because you know I kind of conflict with myself sometimes. So in one aspect, I think that we're looking at it through a jaded lens. Because let's be honest. Those comments definitely rubbed me the wrong way. You know what I mean? It, it was like a slight to our struggle. It was like very dismissive it was just i mean it was rough so to now flip the script and have him in an instance or a circumstance to where he's possibly being mistreated it's kind of like i don't want to say you know i I don't want to say it's karma i don't want to say well you know that's what you get because you shouldn't have been so dismissive because at the end of the day it's still you know a man of color that's in a foreign country who's possibly getting unfair treatment and we still should be sensitive and still should be cognizant of what he's going through but at the same time like the petty person in me right, is like, I, I think it really does determine how petty do we want to be you know right? because he wasn't he's 30 years old now when the ferguson stuff was going on he was 25 26 i mean he was a grown man a big star one of the biggest stars right right and he still is he's a huge huge star for him to be so dismissive of the struggle of everyday black and brown people because here's the thing it wasn't that long ago when he was not asap rocky he was rakim another kid in harlem exactly that he should have known better i think than to be so dismissive and so now when it comes full circle because it always you said I don't know if I want to call it karma. It kind of is karma. Yeah. Because this stuff always comes full circle. And now the question is how compassionate, right? How much above the board should the community be? Because he was clearly not, he did not reciprocate that in, in certain times of need. But, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I, my experience with black and brown people especially are we are the most forgiving most compassionate right most uh god-fearing like community that would be like hey look we don't want anybody treated bad even if he was dismissed i mean they are with with michelle when they go low we go high we go and i just feel like there's this one this one is difficult this one is difficult only because uh you know, we, you know, you see what happens, even the celebrities. You see what happened in Meat Mill. You see what happened, and it's like, you. I just don't think in this day and age, in the climate that we're living in now, we can't afford to have individuals with that type of mindset where it doesn't affect me. I live in Beverly Hills. I live in Soho. Right. And then this turns around, and then what? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe he's not asking for it. But there's a ton of people obviously giving him support because they don't take the view that he took. Right. I mean, I think social media has done a horrible job, but actually a good job at the same time, of removing empathy from a lot of situations. 
and also it's just rough it's just rough because we still should care but just the you know that petty person in you just the pettiness i know y'all y'all feel me on this little pettiness this like deep down audience let me know what you think because yeah. we are a bit we are both a bit conflicted about how petty we should be in a circumstance like asap rocky how much should we care because i mean if it wasn't asap rocky that was quoted in saying these things if it was literally you know jim jones Jim Johnson, somebody I didn't know, I would actually be like, yo, sweet and get it together. Right. But so we're, you know, you're kind of holding his words against him. And maybe that's valid. You let us know what you think. We see it. We don't see it. Do you see some sympathy for ASAP Rocky or no? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, July 16th. You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. I am your host, Cheats. I am joined as always. Gigi Broadway is in the building. Gigi, how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. I didn't catch a heat stroke yet. So, I, I, you know, small victories. Small victories. And let me tell you, we are joined by two special guests this portion of the Cheats Movement is brought to you by our principal sponsor, Work and Friends, one of the best co-working spots in Richmond, located on Broad Street, right by our WRIR studios. Work and Friends, you got to make sure you check them out online. Tell Larkin, give Larkin a shout out. They're, they're one of the best. They are amazing. We're excited about what is coming up in Richmond this week. We are joined by Jamel JC, who was the founder of the first ever Twisted Culture Arts Festival. Also joining Jamil is a spoken word entertainment entertainer, the spoken word entertainer, Special K. She is also the vendor coordinator for the Twisted Culture Arts Festival. Now, Jamil, how are you guys doing? We're doing all right. Special K, how you feeling? You know what? If I were any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> I like that. But we're going to start it off this way because this Thursday you are doing something special. And I've already, look, my notes have already betrayed me because I thought this was the first ever Twisted Culture Arts Festival. But you were telling me that it is not. It is the second ever. Tell us a little bit about the history and what's about to go down. Yes, it started off as my birthday event in 2018. It went from being just a birthday event to... Okay, let's have vendors and let's have entertainers for 10 hours. 10 hours. And we had it at Twisted Ales Brewery, which is now Basic City Beer RVA. That's where we got the Twisted part from. Oh, wow. Okay. Culture Works sponsored us last year. That's where we got the culture from. And since it was an art festival, Twisted Culture Arts Festival. That's how the name came about. So tell us a little bit about this year's festival when does it start what are you doing because it's not one day and 10 hours it is multiple days multiple venues break it down for everybody that's listening okay four days 10 venues we have we start off at the pope museum now we do have acts especially start on the pope museum on what day pope museum starts us off on thursday thursday okay thursday from 6 to 9 p.m so we all know that they say that the Poe Museum is haunted. So if we can invoke some spirits, oh, 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 oh. stop right there, Gigi Broadway, you are a residential expert <laughs> on all things haunted. 
And we actually talked. We actually asked our audience who wanted to tour the Poe Museum with us. Remember? Right. Yes. We actually got some emails about that. But tell me, well, what do you know about the haunting? I don't know much. Okay. I just hear that it's haunted, and I'm excited about well, it. Want to know something? Yes. I'm going to go left real quick because okay. I had an experience when I was booking the Poe Museum. Uh-oh. What? Uh-oh. No, you were, you were there the second time that something happened. The first time. Oh, wow. We have multiple occurrences. What yes. is going on? It's scary. The first time I went, uh talked to the museum curator, Debbie, and she left me in, I forgot which house, but I was in there by myself for a second. And all of a sudden, I hear like a cough. I hear, <coughs> and then I hear like somebody's walking. So it was a family that just left out. So I'm thinking maybe, just maybe, somebody is still here. And it came from upstairs. So I went upstairs. Nobody's upstairs. So when Debbie came back in, I told her what happened. She was like, "Yeah, people have heard about somebody coughing upstairs, but never footsteps." Yeah, but nobody's playing you, man. Wait, because no. this is the no, ghost of getting, Edgar. No, you're being played. Come no, on now. Because it happened again. It happened See, a second time. Another witness. What happened this time? Okay, so we were in the we were sitting in the um the office upstairs, and then there's like a closed door where you can't get in. And at first, it sounded like somebody was shuffling papers. In the office that you can't get in. Then somebody started walking around and then there was a cough and there was only three of us in that whole entire building and we were all looking at each other. She's just such a skeptic, man. It kills me. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in too. You know? But this is all where, so this is where you chose to have the first day (laughs) of your festival (laughs) as a place that you have had two special encounters with. Yes. Yes. You know, possibly people of the past. Yes. Well, I don't think they were going to hurt us. I mean, it's it's Poe. <laughs> it's, it's Edgar Allan Poe. Like, the Raven? Come right. on now. Right. You the know? Raven what, is some creepy well, stuff. It's not normal. <laughs> the Raven's not like up and up. We're real happy. <laughs> Neither was the Telltale right. Heart, but that's not, you yeah. know, probably going to there. Hey, <laughs> moving on. So, first day of the festival, what do people expect when they come? And one of the aspects of the festival is... Basically, 99% of all the activities are free, right? Yes. So, they're free at the Poe Museum on Thursday night. Yes. What do people get, can expect? You can expect rock, heavy metal, R&B, poetry, a contortionist, Ooh. and an escape artist. All at the Poe Museum. All at the Poe Museum, so, yes. So, back up one second, because that is a lot for one. That one. is a lot one night of the first night of the festival that's a lot in one night what talk a little bit more about the genesis of what you were trying to create when you were were concepting when you were coming up with the concept of the festival i know you i follow you on social media i know the idea of a multi-day multi kind of faceted festival has been something you've been thinking about for years on years so why like how did this come up for you and then what how did this become the right vehicle I was talking to one of the mics from um, All Three Coats, A3C that's in Atlanta. And at one time, Richmond was on that short list to host A3C. A lot of people don't know that. Well, Richmond lost out. So why can't Richmond create its own A3C or South by Southwest? Why can't we have our own multi-day, multi-venue festival? And that's why... I switched it from being a one day because we see one day festivals here 
all throughout the year. Every right. weekend. Every yep. weekend but, there's a one-day bacon festival. Yep. You know, something. One day is always a thing. And why not have a festival that spans multiple days? Mm-hmm. Think about Epic Fest. Mm-hmm. Shout out Octavian and K. McCoy. Yep. That lasted four days. It ran from what? Thursday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I hit up Kane. Was like, hey, I want to model my festival next year. I was talking to him in 2018 about this. I want to model my festival after Epic Fest. He said, go ahead. And this is how we did it. So I took that model and put it with the Twisted, the second annual Twisted Culture Festival this year. And that's how that all came about, about doing it in four days. Now, Special K, you are in charge of vendors and all kinds of other operational things with the festival. What has been the biggest challenge uh, in putting together a four-day multi-venue festival in Richmond? The biggest challenge, honestly, has been keeping this guy and on the ground. She's pointing to Jamil. <laughs> like, she's pointing. She's <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that's the biggest challenge because every time we have a logistic worked out and we have this all mapped out, he has come with, I want to do this. And we not, I want to do this, but we're going to do this. Uh-huh. Make it happen, team. <laughs> can, can, can you relate to that? A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. she's got to deal with me all the time honestly i mean it kept me on my toes but honestly that was the hardest part was just keeping up with his momentum and his i don't want to call it imagination because it's real vision yes his vision that was the hardest part was was keeping keeping up but have you found that sponsors have been receptive coming on board are you been able to have you been able to partner and collaborate with other entities absolutely that actually happened from the get-go right away there wasn't really any kickback or obstacle from people wanting to join in or or getting on board with what we were bringing to them um as in vendors as well jumped on there was no kickback pushback or anything from any of the vendors when you have to tell a vendor no though on artist no they feel sad <laughs> they get upset <laughs> but we told them next year we got you I said <laughs> Well personally I said Hey next year We we got you So so that's a good question What were some of the I mean you guys are looking for all different types of artists and entertainers What were some of the requirements for people And who are some of the people that will be hitting the stage uh, During the four day festival Well The requirements were One Please send in your EPK don't send in just the mp3 we want to learn about you we had to go through 110 bands alone just the bands mm-hmm. 110 bands and if anybody that's listening the epk is the electric press kit yeah, yeah. so not just music the whole story of we want to learn who about the artist you. is okay and then we had to go through um 80 mcs Ooh. I didn't go through all of them because I was like, hey, y'all, we're going to delegate this. You take 10, you take 10, I take 10. But like I said, 110 bands, 80 MCs, 27 spoken word artists, 30 comedians. Yeah, it was. So so who are some of the who are some of the ones that made the cut? Who's, who's going to be performing over the next four days? 
Let's see. We have me. Lady K is performing. What day are you performing? I am Thursday night at the Poe Museum. I'm going to get on with the spirits. Okay. (laughs) We have... Gigi is all for this. I'm I'm loving it. I feel like I should go home and write a piece just for the spirits at the Poe Museum. That would be dope. Um, Just Kyra is going to be on the stage Thursday, and she is a 14-year-old performer. We also have a band called Spiral Fracture, which will be there... At the Poe Museum, we have an artist by the name of C3, also at the Poe Museum. At Sound of Music on Friday, an MC by the name of Will Steezy. We have a singer by the name of Talav Viars. Another MC by the name of Halo G. And then an acoustic player by the name of Matt Sees. And Rebecca Rebecca Rafferty and the Wakes. And then... So that's Sound of Music on that's Friday. That's Sound of Music on Friday. What's, where are the venues on Saturday and Sunday? But that's not all for Friday. No, it's uh, no, it's not all for Friday. No, that's just one spot. That's Friday. one spot. Oh, okay. We're at multiple. <laughs> well, the spots that we are at on Friday are Maple Bourbon, also Sound of Music, Mama Shell's Cafe, and then we have three, four DJs spinning at Capitol Waffle House right okay. after. So on Friday, we have an after party. After all of this that you can come to, you can dance, you can sweat. And then on Saturday, we have three stages at Blue Bee Cider on on Saturday. Saturday. Then we also have the Afro Beta at the Hoff, and that does cost us $5. And that's 10 p.m. Saturday night to 2 a.m. So Is that going to be in the dark room or on the roof? The dark room. Okay. Very nice. We were were just there. Because with that, we partnered with... Mike Comedic. Yep, on Afro Beta. And I'm one of the DJs that night. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Spinning. And Sunday, we have the RPL Library Park outside. It's going to be some DJs. And then Sunday, I, Sunday night, we are going to close out the event at Lyrically Unrestricted at 6 p.m. at Terry's Restaurant Lounge. That sounds like an amazing, an amazing four days. This is a jam festival here i'm loving it and yes. everything outside of one event is free absolutely you and and then that. you can buy food um i think at the poe museum they're gonna have a food truck outside so you know you can purchase food then saturday at bluebee ciders there's gonna be vendors all kinds of vendors and then of course artists will have their own merch as well so it's free to get in, free to be entertained, but not free to take stuff home with you. <laughs> and we encourage you to take stuff home with you. So, so talk wow. to us a little bit about, as you get through this four days, I know you guys are already visionaries and already thinking about what the long-term implication is for the festival and for the city. Um, a lot of the acts you mentioned, I, I don't, I believe they're coming from all over. Are they, they're not just Richmond acts, right? Well, they're Central Virginia Acts. Central Virginia Acts. And now, so tell us, uh, ideally, what do you hope the future holds for the festival? I want it to be national to international. Mm -hmm. I want it to be national within a three-year period. So I'm looking at the fifth one being national. I like it. I like it. So tell me, like, what are some of the takeaways that you want people to have from coming to this festival? Like, if you could have three things, what do you want people to walk away thinking, feeling, experiencing with this festival? Well, a few takeaways from this festival. One, 
that rich well not just richmond but central virginia is an artistic hub of just just all types of art all types of creativity two don't be afraid to express yourself Mm-hmm. Expression is key to learning about yourself and learning about others. Three, networking, because you never know who's sitting right beside you. That's true. You could have a millionaire sitting beside you that is, or a billionaire that's willing to invest in what you're doing. But if you never open your mouth and say hello, you never know. This brings up a great point because Jamil, you may not know this, but Gigi Broadway is historically bad at networking, um, and so and she and she always she always says this. She always asks for networking advice. So, if if Gigi Broadway is your uh, client for the next couple of minutes, and she says, "Hey, look, I have a little bit of issue getting out there, small talking, chatting up new people. What what advice would you give?" Gigi. You know what? Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you answer this. Hi. So I actually do this. Oh, so no. we're doing real We're not charging you. No. We're, not, we're, not getting, we're, not, we're not getting a bill. We're not getting a bill. So the first thing, I, I try to, to set people up with three things that they can walk away with and do right away. Okay. And the first thing is, what do you want me to know about you? Your elevator pitch. What are the five things? The top five things off the top of your head. I want you to be able to roll them off naturally, confidently, and know what you're talking about. And make me want to stop whatever I'm doing to talk to you. So I could bump into you in the elevator. And what would you tell me in the elevator to get me to want to talk to you more? Or to not to be like, hey, here's my card. Here's whatever. I want to stay in touch with you. What would you tell me? Okay. Oh, I don't, oh don't put me on the no. spot. Now. Don't put me on the okay. spot. Okay. <laughs> so then, and then the second thing is, what are you trying to sell? Because whether you're a character or an artist or whatever that you are marketing yourself, so what is your brand? And have that be through constant throughout everything you do. So, for example, part of my branding is my favorite color purple yeah well it's pink but <laughs> it's pink uh, you guys are a little bit colorblind fellas right. uh, <laughs> there are more than eight colors in the crayon box people <laughs> but um so no so you will always see a part of my brand on me physically so it's always it, it's all connected and the third thing i would say is do not be afraid talk to people and you are not a mouse so don't hi how are you my name is Gigi. don't do that (laughs) whatever because nobody's going to take you seriously and if i only have five minutes i'm not going to give you those five minutes but if you come up to me you say hi my name is Gigi, and i sell million dollar homes i'd really love for you to come look at a home i might be like I don't have a million dollars, but shoot, let me, let me, let me go see what she has. (laughs) So that, those are the three things that I would say. That is excellent advice. That is excellent advice. Give it up. I like it. That's fantastic advice. It's amazing. Let's live it, love it and practice it. There we go. So before we get you out of here, one more time, 
uh, please tell us everything in the in this look in that short networking pitch. Everything we need to know about the Twisted Culture Arts Festival. I was gonna say, don't miss out on this event. You're gonna have a good time. It's for all ages, family friendly, and this is where you need to be because you're gonna see talent from all over the spectrum. We're gonna we're gonna run a gambit as far as like talent. Is there is there a website or anything that yes. people can follow, follow you guys at? You can check out the you can check out the <laughs> festival at www.twistedcultureartsfestival.com. Gigi Broadway, we'd like to thank Jamel JC and Special K. The festival kicks off Thursday at the Poe Museum. I can't wait. Are you excited? I'm excited, and I just want to say one thing. Out of four days. Majority of free events. Ninety nine percent. Ninety nine point nine eight percent free. Every every event but one. Every event but one. Every is free. single event but one. Every event but one is is kid friendly, all ages. Yes. You can't miss it. You can't miss it, and I don't want to hear nobody or see anybody on my timeline saying that they can't find anything to do in the city. Because exactly the devil is a lie. Yep. I better see everybody on my timeline hemming and hawing and complaining at one of these events, one of these days out of all four days. It, I don't want to hear nothing else about it. Well, at that point, we're going to have to leave it right there. You are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We will be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. It is Tuesday, July 16th. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to switch gears just a little bit as we close out the show. We have lost just recently, as you know, the word just came out yesterday morning that we have lost a true, true legend, not only in Virginia, but in the entire world of boxing. Pernell Whitaker also known as Sweet Pea Whitaker, born in Norfolk, passed away late Sunday night. Uh, he was struck by a car in Virginia Beach. If you don't know the legend, the legacy of Pernell Whitaker, I mean, just a boxing, first ballot boxing Hall of Famer, uh, 46 total fights, 40 wins, only four losses, one draw. He was the 1984 gold medalist. Um, back when the Olympics really, really meant something. And joining me on the line, if you're not familiar, me and my friends, just on a personal note, are just huge, huge boxing fans. We have a pretty extensive uh, boxing group, and one of the members of that group, one of the most uh, knowledgeable individuals I know about boxing in general and the legacy of boxing, is my good friend, Fight Fan Frank. Frank is joining me on the line. Frank, how you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good, man. I wish um, these were better circumstances. For sure, man. Uh, definitely was sad to hear that earlier this morning. Um, I mean, you kind of said it. <clears throat> being being a legend of the sport, but, you know, it's something about uh, what a person does to their communities um, when they're from your hometown. You know, it's nothing like being able to support somebody who you know for Norfolk, you know from the from the area, and then for us being from Virginia, um, I mean Pernell was our guy. 
Ferdell was our guy. He was four weight world champion. He was lightweight, light welterweight, welterweight, light middleweight. He was the undisputed lightweight champion of the world, uh, the linear lightweight and welterweight champion. He was named Fighter of the Year in 1989 by both Ring Magazine and the Bright Boxing Writers Association of America. He was basically untouchable for nearly a, a decade. And we always talk about, for, for modern fight fans, Frank, we always talk about Floyd. Floyd is kind of the quintessential boxer. No one could outbox Floyd. I'll tell you, it was said earlier today uh, on First Take with Max Kellerman and those guys, they were like, if anyone could have the actual pure boxing ability to outbox someone like Floyd, it would have been Pernell Whitaker. Absolutely. Um, because the one thing that Pernell did that people take away from Floyd is he was super defensive, but he was also super offensive. Um, so it wasn't you, you were able to see the beauty of the boxing skill of being a defensive fighter, but he was going to put those hands on you all night. Um, so it, it was just, I mean, when I when I think about, you know, what time period he came in, you think about some of the big fights, like when he fought Chavez, right? Um, it, it's just, man, like what he did at that time. I mean, he was fighting a guy who was undefeated. And that guy's first draw, which was controversial, was to him. Right. Um, right, and that was late. No, that was in '93. So right. I mean, he had, he had already been pretty much untouchable since '88. He Correct. fights Chavez in '93, and right. let's just keep let's call a spade a spade. Beat Chavez. Right. Beat Chavez. And pretty I mean, handily. And at that time, that that's that's the for again modern day fans or whoever's listening. I understand. I mean, Chavez was like the Canelo of today, but probably bigger. Well, but um, untouchable. He had a whole yeah. country on his back, and exactly. And, and and let me ask you this as well, Frank, because you we're talking about a time where not a lot of people were paying attention to lightweights and welterweights. We're mm-hmm. we're used to mm-hmm. it now because of, right. because of Floyd, really. But in right. kind of the the richness of that division, right? The Pacquiao's, the Floyd's, and now we got the Earl Spences or the Keith Thurman's. But back then, when you were looking at, you know. This is probably the first real post like Sugar Ray Leonard, right? Like they're right behind Absolutely. Sugar Ray Leonard mm-hmm. and Roberto Duran mm-hmm. and Tommy Hearns and those guys. There wasn't a lot of people looking at the lighter guys. No, they they weren't. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where you know, as a, as a kid, I could appreciate it. You know, just everyone was talking about Sweepy because he was from Virginia. Then actually being able to watch him, I mean, he was a guy who didn't close his eyes whether you hit him or not mm-hmm. i mean he literally he kept his eyes open i mean he just never i mean that's how much skill he had that's how much of the craft was important to him that's why he was so defensive because we're throwing punches and he's not blinking so he's going to be able to move get dodge things of that sort i mean he just had a beautiful beautiful style man that we didn't we didn't have a guy like that and it's it's just crazy, man. It's so crazy. I mean, he he literally set the stage for the fighters that we see today. I mean, he fought in Norfolk like three or four times, I believe. I was gonna get so to th- that. I was gonna get to that. So I mean, he fought so in Norfolk about a ton of times. 
I mean, think about what he was doing. And maybe I'm thinking about the bigger fights, right? Mm-hmm. But look how look how monumental that is. When was the last time we had huge fights in Virginia to right. even talk about now? So it's just like I know, man, people are definitely hurting a lot of people um, our age and, and older, for sure, because he just meant a lot to the game in this area, man. He meant a lot to the game. I, I will tell you this, and you touched on it, and I did want to bring it up. It, it wasn't just one or two. This guy, Sweet Pea Whitaker, had tons and tons of fights in the Norfolk scope. So, at the time, at the height of his career, I'm talking about championship fights. Yeah. He was putting, yeah. him, he was putting him in one or two places. He was putting him in the Norfolk scope. Or he was putting him in the uh, in Virginia Beach, in the Convocation Center in mm-hmm, Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. So he put things that we would never see. Now, obviously, he fought in Atlantic City, and he fought in Madison Square Garden, and he fought in Philly. But the number of fights that Sweep he put in the Norfolk Scope at the time where he was champion is unreal. And like you said, we don't get yeah. to see that in Virginia. Um, well, we don't even get to see that in boxing now. Right. Look at what's happening to these guys who have the championships, you know, and they're thinking about the business side of it. Mm-hmm. It's, well, you got to fight in New York at the Barclays. Right. You have to fight in Vegas, you know, at T-Mobile or, or uh, MGM. You got to fight in L.A. Um, at Staples Center or um, it used to be Home Depot. I think they just call it StubHub now. Right, StubHub. But, um, um, you know, you got to fight at, you go to Texas, Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jerry's World, yep. all of that. So, uh, AT&T. So, it's like, you don't, it, you got all of these champions. We can talk about everything and money that people are making. But these guys have to pull teeth to bring championship fights back home. You know? Um, and he was doing it on a regular basis. And the, uh, and the last thing I'll say, uh, Frank, before we get out of here, is... The, the only thing that hangs over such a first ballot Hall of Fame career gold medalist, all like I said, all the accolades that we talked about is that there is a section of boxing historians, like I said a little probably a little bit before our time that was saying man, if he actually dedicated himself and trained like the, like the athletes of today, like the boxers of today, he could have been even more that devastating absolutely, ain't no doubt about it I mean no doubt about it at all. Um, I mean, of course, you know, uh, out of the fights that I saw, um, I definitely thought he'd be Oscar for sure. Um, but, you know, who's to, who's to say that he just needed to do a little bit more dedicating himself at that time? You know, we'll, we'll never know now. But that just tells you how great he was. He, he had a guy giving him that just tells you literally how great he was. You're exactly right. Frank, I got to get you out of here. Like I said, this will be hopefully the first of many to get you on the show. We really appreciate it. We hate that it's under these circumstances. But I think people really need to understand how much of a legend that we did lose, especially even if you don't follow boxing, just a legend in Virginia. Sweet Pea Whitaker yeah. was just a true, true, true uh, legend, and, and he will definitely be missed. For sure, man. Appreciate it, Chief. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Frank. All right, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRRGG Broadway. That concludes our show for this week. You good? Yeah, another one in the books. Another one in the books. We still have not got fired yet. Hey, so we're doing really good. We're doing really well. <laughs> you know, every time we worry about how this show is going to make it yeah. another week. 
still here. As we get out of here, what do you got? What do you got coming up? All right. So this weekend, 19th, 20th, and 21st, URL, the ultimate rap battle league, is in Richmond, which is a big, 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 big deal um, for Richmond to even be a part of this. So if you like battle rap at all, please hit me up for details it's a three-day wild jam-packed event it's amazing shout out to smack shout out to the whole url team where you can't copy respect and july 27th i'm extra proud because it's my own league loc the league of champions having our summer cruelty 4 event at the mix gallery um so come on that's a saturday come holler at me come enjoy some some intense but fun entertaining battles it's going to be a great time so come through holler at your girl that's all i got and you'll catch me out at the twisted culture arts festival i'll probably be out there on saturday with with kmj and we'll be running around so you can make sure you catch me out there uh obviously always follow the show follow cheats cheats movement follow gg broadway man we really before we leave, we got to thank you guys once again for coming out to the live show on Sunday. We're so, so excited about everything that we're doing and we're building. And we're so happy that you guys are along with us for the ride. So until next time, Richmond, we see, we see it. it. You know, I don't even know how this whole thing even got started. People tell Cheats all the time that he should run for mayor. But he's not really the mayor. Cheats, Cheats, Cheats. I hear your plan for the city includes tax increases. Care to comment? Come on, man. That's what you want to talk about? You want to talk about taxes? Here I am. I'm supposed to be the franchise mayor of this city. And you want to talk about taxes. Not the roads. Not the kids. Not the schools. You want to talk about taxes. What what are we talking about, man? We talking about taxes? Look, you see me in the schools, right? You see me with the kids every day, right? Do I not give it my all when I'm working with the kids? And we talking about taxes. How did he even get into the room? He is not the mayor. We host a podcast. I'm going to need to take a break. This whole thing is getting ridiculous. We trying to build one Richmond. We trying to build one Richmond. And you talking about taxes.